Blog Talk Radio. From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by Solar City, your source for clean, sustainable energy. And I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan, and today is Hannah Day. So stay tuned, and I will tell you all about it. We're going to have a great show today. Well, first, before we talk about Hannah, and the reason it's Hannah Day is because we have not one but two fabulous musicians on the air with us today whose names are Hannah, although they do spell them differently. Um, I want to talk about something else. Was there a breakthrough today or this week for musicians, or at least a break? On Wednesday, YouTube unveiled the YouTube Music Key, which is an upgrade of its music offerings, and it's going to include higher quality audio for most songs. It'll give users the option of paying 8 to $10 a month for extra features, including no ads. And most importantly, it will pay musicians a lot more money for their streams. Now, SoundCloud also announced, and SoundCloud, of course, has never paid royalties, SoundCloud announced that it has made its first deal with a major record company, that's the Warner Music Group, last week, and it's going to begin to pay artists the first for the first time ever for streams. This is good news. Anybody who's in the music industry knows that CD sales have disappeared. The only place people sell CDs these days is out of the back of their cars after their concerts. Um, they've also we begun to see a drop, I think it was 13% this year, in uh, downloads, in paid downloads. So you have to ask yourself, where does an artist go to make a living these days? Well, everything has shifted to streaming. And to give you an example, for those of you who are not in the music business, how streaming works for Spotify, I have a friend who is a very popular Americana musician, has lots of live performances, lots of uh, concerts, used to sell lots of CDs. Last year, she had 250,000 streams on Spotify. And she got a royalty check for $27. That's right, $27, not $2,700, $27. Fortunately, she has a working husband, (laughs) which unfortunately is what a lot of People tell me is they have working spouses or second jobs, unfortunately, uh, often in the music industry, of course, as side musicians and music teachers, etc. But, you know, this can't last. You, you can't give music away for free, not pay musicians, and still expect there to be music. I know that, you know, there's a drive by musicians to make music. I mean, that's what they do, and that's what uh, is at the center of their life. But, it, you know, at some point, they do have to eat and pay rent and, and all those sorts of things. And... When you can get 250,000 people listen to your music and you only get $27, you're not going to be in business so for very long. So I'm very happy to see that YouTube has unveiled the, uh, the music key service. I don't know what they're going to pay musicians. I do know a few musicians who do a lot of um, activity on YouTube. They have daily or weekly YouTube videos and they put up their own videos and they talk, etc. And they make a fair amount of money from advertising. I'm going to pay the 8 to $10 a month, and I certainly hope that uh, a lot of other people do, and I hope that what YouTube Key does is it pays really, really decent music uh, fees to the people whose music it uses. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to the first Hannah. Don't go away. You're listening to Music Friday Live. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net.
I'm Patrick O'Heffernan. I'm host of Music Friday Live, and I want to welcome all of our listeners on our various radio stations around the country and also on the Block Talk Radio Network and the Cyber Station USA Network. Special shout-out to our, um, um, our listeners up in Oregon and Washington. And I want to remind everybody that this is your show and that you can call in and you can talk to our musicians. If you have questions or comments for our guests, call us, 347-215-7511. That's 347-215-7511. Or you can email your questions to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. That's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And if you're listening to us on a podcast, and I know about a half of you do that, of course, you can't call in live because the show's over by the time you listen to it. But if you send us your emails, we'll forward them on to the musicians so they can reply directly to you or they can reply to us and we can send it off to you because we, you know, we don't want to put your email address out there in a place you may not want it to be. As many as three million girls are enslaved every year around the world, mostly in prostitution. Hundreds of thousands of them are right here in the United States. Now, these girls figuratively and sometimes literally are chained to beds, and they cry out to be rescued. Decent people everywhere cry out for trafficking to be stopped forever. Well, our next guest has taken on that challenge with her music and her time and her strength. Hannah Kim who's been on this show before, has released a new song, Heaven Sees Me, to raise money for the Saving Innocence Project, one of the many organizations that have sprung up in the USA and internationally to fight trafficking and rescue girls. Kim is a Los Angeles-based independent singer-songwriter whose powerful and very firmly controlled voice can tighten your stomach muscles with emotion and make you sing along through your tears. She has established her musical chops here in America and internationally, with her latest album, Zodo, and we are honored to have her with us today. Hana Kim, welcome back to Music Friday Live. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hana, it, it's been over a year since I saw you at the Hotel Cafe, and I know a lot has happened in that time. You, you've released your album, Zodo. You've traveled to Central America. You've done lots of shows. Was there an, an event or an experience over the past year that made you decide to take on this challenge to help fight uh, trafficking? Well, after I released the album, I was kind of in just a, um, a season of life where I had a lot of time. And so uh, I had a lot of friends who were involved with the fight against human trafficking. And through them, I was in a time of learning. And so justice and human trafficking was never something that was particularly on my heart. But um, I think it, it just became a rabbit hole. I started learning, and I, I couldn't believe what was going on, not only um, globally, but, you know, in our own backyard. I think that was the biggest shock factor. You know, you hear crazy stories about um, little girls being sold into prostitution in Cambodia or Thailand. Um, but to hear that it was happening in Los Angeles or San Diego or San Jose, um, I think it was just so shocking. And so I just fell in deeper. And for me, obviously, the best way to express or deal with the situation is to write a song. And so Heaven Sees Me was actually the song I wrote immediately after I began to realize what was going on. And well, um, Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, finish up. Um, but yeah, and so since um, since the song, just a lot of opportunities began to open up, um, and so I took a little bit break from my regular, you know, I, I toured with Exoda for a couple months, and then afterwards I just took a break and started just learning more and finding opportunities to um, use my music to shed light, and so the last Six months have been a lot of um, just benefit concerts and awareness events, and just being able to bring my music to places like that. Well, let's uh, let's uh, give our listeners uh, a little sample of the music. This is Heaven Sees Me. Yeah. 
that song is, is so full of lyrics that, that just strike home, that, that sort of put a lump in your throat, especially after you've seen the video that goes along with this. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But later in the song, there are some lines that um, I'm going to ask you about. Speaking only words makes no difference. I don't feel a change at all. Don't you know that something is missing when innocence is all we've got? Tell me about those lines. Um, so that first line, speaking only words makes no difference. Um, I think it's super relevant for the day and age that we live in where we have, you know, these great platforms of social media and um, we we like to share what we're interested in, um, which is so good. Um, but a lot of times I think we get we fall back just, you know, trying to get the likes or sharing, oh, look up, look at this issue and sharing it. Um, but never really engaging our lives. And um, something that I've grown to learn is that if um, if there's no sacrifice, um, then it's hard to tell whether we're really in it or committed. Um, just because um, you'll start to realize that when you do get involved with um, the fight against human trafficking, there's just a lot of emotional sacrifice. Um, a lot of times there'll be financial sacrifice. And... Um, but these girls are, you know, crying out for it. Um, they're not crying out for just another Facebook like or um, someone to just talk about it. Because, again, like I mentioned, anyone will look at this issue and be, and, you know, hopefully agree that it is an injustice. Um, but to take it to the next step and actually do something about it and work to get these girls out, um, I think that's something I would love for my listeners to really think about and dwell on. Well, we're going to give them some information on that, and actually we're getting emails in from people about that. Uh, in fact, why don't I just read a couple of the emails? Uh, this is from um, uh, Major, and sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, Major in Los Angeles, and Major wants to know, have you ever been to Thailand or Southeast Asia where poor families have to sell their girls? Is that a place to start? So I have been to Thailand. Um, I went to Thailand in 2007, um, but I actually was completely unaware of the issue um, when I was there. And then coming back um, and learning, I realized a lot of things. Um, but in Thailand, obviously, um, it is very, it is a very prevalent issue. Um, and there are, I actually um, have been talking with a couple of people um, who work particularly in Thailand. And um, there is this, you know, because of the poverty in certain areas, um, there are um, a lot of girls who are forced to pretty much work for their families um, when there's no other means. I think the particular hotspot for that is a city called Pattaya just because it tends to be a tourist country. And so... Um, I, from what I've heard, and I, I actually have been to that city, but I, I didn't, I wasn't looking for it at the time. Um, so from what I heard, in most, you know, countries they have several red light districts, but Pattaya is in itself a red light district. You will just find girls from on every single block, and it's just so easily accessible. And um, a lot of the girls have um, their pimps, or they have. Um, like the head, uh, you know, um, working behind them to make sure that they're getting in customers. And so it is a prevalent issue um, in Thailand. And for me, I think it's a great place to start, but anywhere where there's an opportunity to serve, um, I think is a great place to start, whether it's Thailand or whether it's in Los Angeles. Yeah, I saw the same thing when I was uh, when I taught in Thailand. Uh, and it, it wasn't. You're right. It's not very hard to find at all, particularly if you're male. Mm -hmm. They find you, um, yeah. Selena. <laughs> yeah, Selena in Austin says um, you should do a whole album about this and uh, launch a campaign on it yourself. Um, so I'm actually in the process of writing again, and I think um, obviously things that are very personal will spark good songs or at least really honest songs. And so I'm actually working yeah, on a new album at the moment and just 
kind of in the writing process and and so I've been writing trying to write a lot of songs um that have uh that shed light either to this issue or um you know not even just the blatant human trafficking but just in general just um broken families or abuse that women are going to and just learning to um just I I want to encourage women to value themselves as worthy um and I think learning about this, I realized how low my self-esteem was as a woman and just how hard it is to feel beautiful in this, um, especially in our culture where there's just so much social media and, you know, pictures and celebrities and standards of beauty that are just really impossible to reach. And so um, I'm definitely moving in that direction. Um, And... Uh, I've been currently working with the Jubilee Project um, on their film, and they are working on a documentary called Save My Soul. And so I've been actually helping them um, book uh, different screenings to show what human trafficking looks like in South Korea. And um, through that, we've been trying to launch a campaign. And it's good because I do see a lot of artists now wanting to take part through their art, which I think is a really great thing. And so hopefully I can just contribute to that with my music as well. We have an email here from um, uh, McGuire in San Francisco who says that we see these girls on the street all the time in San Francisco, and I know that there are many, many hidden brothels in Chinatown. UNICEF has a worldwide campaign to try and stop trafficking, and people should check out their website because that's also a good place to start. Mm -hmm. And Winkelstein in Fresno says, picket truck stops, (laughs) right? Um, Okay, we'll keep that in mind, Winkelstein. Um, Now, there's a video that goes with this song, and it's stunning. and it, It actually breaks your heart, and it puts it back together again. If people haven't seen the video, you should check it out on YouTube. Just search for Hannah Kim or Heaven Can See Me, uh, Heaven um, Heaven Sees Me. Tell us about filming the video and also casting the video because the the woman you have playing um, in it is absolutely perfect. Yeah, we got really lucky with her. Uh, we were on deadline for that video and just... And so we didn't get to do a screen test or anything, but we, the director, her name is Jean Reem, and she also works for the Jubilee Project. And so she came back from Korea, um, and she spent an extensive amount of time um, filming um, in the red light districts of South Korea, and then also just doing interviews with girls who have come out of that lifestyle. And so she was very much passionate, and I was very much passionate. And so we were casting, we both saw um, the our actress her name is emily Schilberg, and uh we just saw her and she just even from her headshot we we knew that we wanted her and um luckily she was available so she came um and we filmed the video and we wanted to portray something um that was that would cut your heart but at the same time you know we weren't just doing a reenactment of a girl being kidnapped we wanted to really show that um cry out for help um, oh, you that did a lot beautifully. of these girls are going through. Oh, thank you. And um, yeah, not just girls being trafficked, but girls who are just um, yeah crying out for uh-huh. someone to notice them. And so Emily did a beautiful job of expressing that. And I think she had a great story behind her, um, which helped her bring the character to life. Now, you work with an organization called Saving Innocence. Uh, Want to tell me about it? And uh, tell me also what your role is. Um, so Saving Innocence is an organization I got connected to through a friend. My friend, who I haven't talked to in maybe a year or two, she randomly messaged me and she said, hey, I know this is completely random, but I just saw this organization and they have some artists you know, singing songs for them. And I looked it up and it was Saving Innocence. And they were an organization, uh, or they are an organization that works to um, help minors um, so they work particularly with the issue of child trafficking. They do a lot of case-by-case uh, management or representation, and um, pretty much their organization is geared to um, help these girls through, uh, whether it's through prevention or rescue or um, just uh, helping the girls get back into life after they've come out of the old life. And so um, I looked them up, just sent them an email and said, I'm an 
a local artist. Um, I don't have much to offer, but um, I have wrote this, or I did write this song, Heaven Sees Me. And so I would love to give that song to you um, and just uh, as to um, raise proceeds uh, for their organization. And I think, yeah, just through the past months, there's been um, a lot of opportunities to serve them in a greater way. And so um, in a couple months ago, I did a benefit concert, and we raised $1,500 for the organization. And so I'm, I'm pretty much just like an artist that wants to support this organization. So we've partnered together and um, uh, with this song. And so in any way I can, I just try to um, point people to this organization just because. Well, let me, let know, me point, let me point people to a, because uh, okay. they have a get, they have a gala coming up tomorrow night mm-hmm. in Los Angeles at the LA downtown hotel. I understand there's some still tickets for sale. So I want to, want people to go to www.savinginnocence.com. That's www.savinginnocence.com. And uh, get one of those tickets or get two of those tickets or buy a whole table. You'll be doing a wonderful thing. You'll also mm-hmm. get to see the video that we've been talking about because uh, uh, Hannah's video is going to be screened there. Um, and incidentally, we just got a uh, an email in from Maddie in Salt Lake, who uh, apparently is listening very carefully because she says, um, Hannah, um, you have a lot to offer. Don't put yourself down. Okay. Um, um, now, uh, we're, we are running out of time. But really quickly, I wanted to, to talk about um, Heart of Thailand. Can you tell us uh, about Heart of Thailand fairly briefly here? Um, so Heart of Thailand was an event that we had this past weekend, and it was an event to bring awareness to human um, to the human trafficking issue in um, in Thailand. And this event was hosted by an organization called Justice Speaks, and they are just an amazing organization. They do outreach even in Los Angeles. Um, they go out into strip clubs just to love on the girls, give them Christmas presents, and just to remind them that they are loved. And so um, they do that here in Los Angeles, and then also they have set up a um, a child center in Thailand. And what the center does is they just get kids off the street because a lot of the times, or a lot of times, these kids kids are walking home because their parents are working. So they're walking home from school and the pimps will, you know, pick them up and show them pornography, even at like age six or seven, just to desensitize them. Um, And so what uh, what Justice Speaks is doing is they um, have built a child center. They're um, they're, uh, supporting a child center in Thailand um, to just invite kids to come, you know, learn music, learn art, um, learn English, um, just so that they are in a safe zone um, where the pimps will not prey on these um, precious kids. And so what Heart of Thailand was is uh, we actually brought out a woman. Her name is O, and she was uh, very, very involved with the, with the prostitution culture, um, and she has come out of it. Um, her life has been completely transformed and turned around, and she's now the director of this child center in Thailand, and she's helping kids to um, to be safe and helping and women to who are involved so, to get out. And if people want to know more about uh, Heart of Thailand, do you know where they sh- where we should send them? So Heart of Thailand was just the event, um, okay. but if they want to get involved with Justice Speaks, they can go to the website, their website. I believe it's justicespeaks.org. Okay. And, yeah, there's a ton of ways that you can get involved. We'll post that on our uh, website. Uh, before we, we uh, run out of time here, I want to play a little bit of um, uh, your other music just to, <laughs> so our 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 audience has an idea of what you do besides this. So I'm going to play a little bit of um, your hit song, Mexico.
that's uh, and that's Mexico, which is off of her uh, album like Zoto. We have a call, caller on the air. Uh, caller, give us your name and your city. Hello, this is uh, Jason Winning, and, and I'm uh, in uh, Nevada City, California. We're almost out of time, but quickly, do you have a question for Hannah? Uh, yes, I was wondering if um, Hannah was coming to Nevada City at any time. Um, yeah, I met her at Burning Man, and uh, her music was just so beautiful and captivating. Um, I just really would love her to grace us with her presence in our fair city. Anna, we have 30 seconds. You're going to be going? <laughs> um, I don't have any plans yet, but I would love the opportunity to go. So if there's ever an opportunity, I would love to be there. Amazing. Cool. I'll see what I can do. Okay. <laughs> Thank and, you. And, uh, go to her website and let her know. Hannah, we are out of... Uh, time unfortunately this has been so much fun and we're going to have to have you back again uh hana kim and uh, everybody should uh, go to her website uh, check it out and also check out the organizations that we've we've talked to t- today uh if you do have that uh that album out let us know we'll invite you back and in the meantime again i want to remind everybody to go to itunes and search for hana kim get a copy of uh Heaven Sees Me, and while you're there, buy a copy of Exodo. Her website is www.hanakim.org. Do I have that right? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, and Hana, thank you so much for being with us today, and also thank you for the wonderful work that you do. Thank you. We're going to have to take a break now, and when we return, our second Hana for the day will be with us. This one carries a cinematic, subsonic, electric violin. Don't go away. You're not going to want to miss this one. This is going to be so much fun, but while we're taking a break, I'm going to play a little bit more of Mexico. I know I'll miss my daddy more than I can know, and now I'll be, oh, I'll be Mexico. And that, of course, is Mexico by Hanna. Uh, we have to take a, uh, a little bit of time here to talk about our wonderful sponsor. Um, that's Solar City. You know that solar power is now a huge win-win for homeowners, but a lot of people are reluctant to take the plunge into solar because of the upfront costs. With Solar City, you can go solar for zero upfront costs on approved credit. Solar City will come out and they'll install a solar system on your home for free, one of those green little trucks. You can pay only for the power that you use, just like you do from the utility company, but of course you pay for less power because you're using less power because the sun's making it for you. Solar City pays for the system, it insures the system, and it maintains the system, and all you have to do is enjoy these savings. So if you haven't been so if you have not been ready for solar because it hasn't been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. How do you find out? 909-618-6937. That's right. 909-618-6937. It's on our website. And if you call and tell whoever answers the phone that I sent you, you'll get a discount. So that's 909 909- 618-6937. The interview you're about to hear with Hannah Thalen was actually recorded yesterday because Hannah's on her way to the West Coast today, and she can't really call us from an airplane. So don't call in. However, if you have questions, you can email them to musicfridaylive at gmail.com, and we will pass them on to here. So here is Hannah Thalen. Violins and cellos are for symphonies and movie backgrounds, right? Wrong. More and more bands are taking advantage of the new generation of electric violins and cellos, combining them with the capabilities of synth and digital mixing to create rock, pop, dance, electronic strings music. The L.A. country pop new music group We Are the West, the violin duo Fuse, the Australian-British string quartet Bond are examples, but no one has perfected the art as uniquely as our next guest. 
Hanif Diem has blended the electric violin with international music styles, a superb skill with digital editing, and a drive for perfection. She creates landscapes in your mind, sending echoes of Norwegian fjords and Moroccan deserts through your synapses, which is why she has shared the stage with bands like the Rolling Stones and Moby and Kanye West. Her music has been called the crossroads between classical and contemporary, organic and man-made, familiar and mysterious. I call it simply wondrous. She's on tour in the West Coast now and stopped by Music Friday Live to have a chat with us. Hannah, welcome to Music Friday Live. Thank you so much. Uh, Hannah, I understand that you have a different stage name. What is that? Yes, I go by Hannah. That's my first name, all in capital letters. I feel it's a really strong representation. It's a palindrome and um, especially important that it's all in capital letters. My brand. And, okay. uh, you know, when, there are a lot of artists out there who go by one name only. And it's a bold step. There are a lot of people out there named Hana, but there is nobody doing exactly what I'm doing and promoting myself exactly the way that I am. So there you have it, Hana. Okay. And, of course, we just talked to one of those artists by the name of Hana, but uh, we'll make sure that every time we mention you, we do it in capital letters, okay? Perfect. <laughs> um, I want to talk about your new EP, Brim, in just a moment. But first... I want our audience to understand a little bit about the evolution of an artist who can and who wants to do something very different than pop or rock or EDM. Now, I know you started music young and that you've traveled and absorbed many musical cultures. Why did this all converge on the electric violin and the creation of these stark, beautiful oral landscapes that you do? Wow, you put that so beautifully. I... Uh, I believe it's a really organic evolution of all of the previous experiences that I've had and emerging on this solo project, which started about maybe two and a half, three years ago. Uh, it emerged from a course I took at Dubspot in New York City, which is a music production school. Um, and then also my previous experiences with my band Copal and my electronic project Mixus. And then, as you mentioned, yes, I have traveled extensively, and my background is with a lot of uh, folk music. My grandmother is Czech, so I grew up doing a lot of Eastern European folk dances and seeing a lot of Hungarian and Bulgarian and Czech bands perform, and violin is very prevalent in all of these cultures. And I've always also been very interested in electronic dance music, but more so music that really moves you, that really takes you on a journey, really touches your soul deeply. And so I was very intrigued on how I could bring all these elements together. And it's not something that I sat and thought about and like, hmm, how do I solve this problem? It's just more I simply, I followed my, my inner intuition, my bliss, and these melodies, this composition um, kind of emerged from this whole process. I also had some great producers who helped me along the way, who really gave me hands-on uh, tutoring and guidance and just the act of observing how they work. I gained a lot of knowledge and skill as far as how to recreate these uh, songs that I was hearing in my head, but um, how to make them a tangible, audible uh, item. And some of well, these producers I'm... include... Oh, should I mention them? <laughs> no, go ahead. No, I want to know who they are. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Well, maybe you all want to jump on board, too. Uh, so Taj, uh, who is in my project, uh, Nixus, uh, he's been super instrumental in this whole process, um, as well as Dave Sharma and Dhruva Ganesan of Subswara. And Drew, um, Dave uh, mixed my EP. Uh, then also Ming, who worked extensively with me on Brim Almar, and Emsh. Atomic, who also worked on Bremont Mar. So there have been some really great people uh, just helping me out along the way. And I'm and it all fell together just really beautifully. Um, as we're going to see this is the first cut from the new EP. And, and I'm going to play um, a little over a minute of it just to give our audience uh, a sample of what all the excitement's about. This is Scaldic Roulette.
the piece is Skaldic Roulette, and it's dark and it's mysterious and it's haunting. It's sort of like a windswept North Atlantic cliff. Where does the very concept of a song like that come from? Well, I call it Skaldic Roulette because uh, it's kind of a, it's playing with the concept of, well, a kind of stark Nordic landscape, uh, but this beautiful journey that you're taking on and roulette sort of playing with, you know, the, playing with your life, I guess, um, playing with this uh, bunch of worlds and existences. And the melody itself, when I hear it, I am very much reminded of, if you know the movie The Snowman from many years sure. ago, that, yeah. that animation, there's nothing, it doesn't really... Uh, emulate that, but there's something about it that really reminds me of that gorgeous uh, theme from the from that uh, soundtrack. And so, the lyrics that are there's some lyrics that appear in it, and they're kind of abstract, but they basically, um, you know, refer to a, a Nordic landscape and sending sending your lost notes off into the sea and see if it ever reaches anyone. Am I hearing that that when you compose music, you see as well as hear in your head? Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, and again, that was the opening song of the EP Brim, which means something like sea spray in Icelandic. Now, this is your first solo album. Uh, although you've yeah. collaborated with many other artists, and, you, and like you said, you're the co-founder of another band, Kopal, why have you waited to produce a solo album? Why is this the right time? That is a very good question. I kind of wish that I had done one much sooner, but uh, Copal was really my baby for the longest time. So in essence, that was sort of my solo project, yet it was a collaborative project with other people. And so more recently doing this solo project, I feel like I've now gathered all the skills, all of the the um, tools that I need to be able to branch out on my own and do my own project uh, prior to that, I don't know if I really would have had the material to be able to do a solo project. So this is basically a culmination of all of the experiences, all of the the uh, adventures, the skills, the, the uh, courses, the hands-on experiences that I've had and being able to bring them together into a, a project. Well, it's, it certainly seemed to work, and, and I know it, it took you six months to produce. Now, could you describe some of the recording processes you go through? I understand you're, you're very exacting and painstaking about how you record music. Yes, I am, to the uh, chagrin of some of the engineers that I work with, because I'm like, oh, let's do it again, another take, another take, because there's a feeling you get when you're in the studio when you know this is the take, but then you want to do a few more just to make sure. Or maybe it takes you a little while just to get into the, the mood of it. Uh, some of the some of the tracks I had a more creative process with, uh, The Finding is one of the tracks that I think was the most creative, where I didn't have really anything pre-planned, just the loop of the mood of the song, and then I took that into the studio and recorded improvised violin over it for about three minutes, did a few takes of that, some textures with the violin and pizzicato and bow bouncing, and then also recorded my vocals, very freeform as well. And then had my cellist, Isabel Castelvi, uh, do the same thing on a separate day in studio. And then I cut up all of those pieces and made the song out of it. It was a really freeing feeling to do something in a slightly different manner than going in with a preconceived idea and trying to recreate the mood that I had created when I did the scratch takes of it. Does that make sense? You know, it, it in, in listening to you, I have this this uh, mental image of an alchemist in a in a laboratory. There's <laughs> um, there's there's a lot of world feel in in this EP, and and the song Fave is a good example. Let's let, let's play a little bit of of that song. I want my audience to hear what I mean here.
Now that song to me, because it maybe because I worked in, in South Asia for a while, it sounds very South Asian. Uh, are those tablas back there? No, not tablas. Um, that's interesting you say South Asian, because actually the, the melody itself is inspired by a Finnish folk song. Uh, I found a beautiful <laughs> Finnish a cappella women's chorus singing this beautiful plaintive melody, and then I took that and basically created a whole new melody around it. Um, and actually, some of the sounds in the, the big, heavy chorus were inspired by the band The Weeknd, if you've heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of more of this hip-hop vibe. But um, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's uh, okay. Where are you hearing the tablas? That's a good question. <laughs> it sounded uh, a little bit to me like that, that percussion was tablas, but um, you know, uh-huh. I'm... Just, just, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm geographically off base, which is not unusual yeah, okay. for me. <laughs> right? you know? uh, well, the thing that I that you bring up a good idea, though, is uh, the fact that my music can be um, it can be what what every listener wants it to be. Like it's not only one genre or not any one um, inspiration. I mean, some people say they hear Middle Eastern in my in this EP, and I wasn't. Mm-hmm preconceiving Middle Eastern, but, well, if that's what they're getting, that's what they're getting. <laughs> but which is something that happens with um, instrumentals. It, they really allow you to uh, use your mind to imagine what you, you're hearing there. And that's why I like instrumental music. And speaking of instrumental mm-hmm. music, this is the uh, your debut single, uh, which I, I want to play here. This is uh, Brim El Mar. So this is which is spray of the sea, and I understand it's inspired by a Norwegian folktale. So let's hear a little bit of it, and then we can talk about it afterwards. I could listen to to that all day. Now that's the debut single. Uh, and it means uh, uh, Brim El Mar, Spray of the Sea, and I understand it's inspired by a Norwegian folktale. Can you tell us a little bit about the folktale and also how you went about putting that piece of music together? Now that piece of music took the longest to bring together because it was really the, the crux of this formation of my solo project and. Uh, I worked with a few different producers, including um, Ben and Conti on this. He did the more dubstep elements of the of the track in the, the big chorus breakdown. Um, but so it's inspired by a Norwegian folk song, and then I kind of branched out from that and created my own melodies around it. Uh, and when working on the music video for this with Armand Martin, who is the producer, and then also Alice Miller, who is the cinematographer, uh, we came up with this concept of the Norns. Actually, they and we researched and found that there are these uh, Norns in Nordic mythology, and they are the three sisters who weave the threads of of life, of past, present, and future. And that just really tied in this whole concept for me because I I I wanted to present a music video that was really deep, that took people on a journey. Every time you watch it, you discover new things. Uh, you really get pulled in um, in a very mysterious level. And these uh, three sisters, as you see in the, the masked creatures in the video, they are um, kind of weaving, you know, the existence of the past, present, and future. So it's 
sort of a, a dream, maybe a past life, maybe current life. It's a little unclear. Maybe it's just a waking dream. And uh, <laughs> so I did use a lot of organic elements in the creation of this, uh, including I used uh, uh, peppercorn shakers and rice and mustard seeds. And then I also used a um, Norwegian, or sorry, an Icelandic jaw harp. Uh, is that sound that you hear coming in in the beginning, and played with this whole concept of merging organic natural elements with the textures of the violin, which is also very organic, and then the electronic sounds, this very subsonic frequency and sort of a dubstep, post-dubstep feel in the song. Well, I, I, it's, it's certainly wondrous. Um... Uh, we're we're running out of time, but there was a, a a couple of other things I wanted to know. I understand you're a yogi. Uh, how does that affect your music? <laughs> Good question. Well, actually, yoga was also another way that I was uh, drawn more into this solo experience. Uh, I've been doing yoga for quite a while now, and I really find that it helps uh, just center and ground me in. Uh, both my body physically and then also being able to tap more into uh, the other planes, which may sound a little abstract, but um, basically I turn my brain off and tap more into my heart and into my uh, feeling center to be able to create these melodies. Um, And doing yoga helps connect me to my body and then also to be able to be a little more abstract with what it is that I'm presenting. And... um, Performing for yoga classes really helps me um, just have a, a really creative outlet for experimenting with my music performances. When people are doing downward dog or when they're in a headstand, they're not looking at me and examining how is she performing? Is she turning that knob correctly, or you know what notes is she playing? They're perhaps more into the feeling of the music and the mood, and um, you know it's less of a cerebral thing; it's more of a feeling thing. And actually, that a yoga journalist. That must be quite a scene. You performing at a yoga class. If you ever do a video of that, I, I, I want to see it. Unfortunately, we've been having too much fun, so we're out of time. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I do have uh, one more song. I, I want to give our audience a little sample of. This is uh, "Sweetest Invitation." And uh, while we're, well, it's beginning to spin up here. I want to remind everybody that you are on tour. You're on tour in California. Uh, you're going to be in Jenner-by-the-Sea, November 21st. That's up up the mouth of the Russian River. And uh, November 22nd, you're going to be at the Mighty on the Utah Street in San Francisco for the Bass Cabaret. Wear a costume for that one. You might want to do that. A lot of fun. The new album is called Brim. That's B-R-Y-M. It's by Hana, H-A-N-N-A-H, and they're all capitalized. And I really want to thank you so much for taking time from, from your tour to talk with us today. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been quite a, speaking of other worlds, I just came from a, a week tour in Europe. I was in Berlin, Bochum, and London. And now we're over here in California, enjoying the Sunshine Coast and going to be doing more tour dates. So thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been a blast. <laughs> And again, we're listening to Sweet Invitation by uh, by Hannah, and I'm going to let you hear about a minute or two of it. And then we've got uh, some response from our, uh, our, our listeners out there. So this is Sweet Invitation by Hannah.
You can download Hana's music uh, at her website. That's www.hanathiem, H-A-N-N-A-H-T-H-I-E-M.com. And, of course, as she said, she's her brand is Hana, spelled with all capital letters and an H at the end, which is what she meant when she said it's a palindrome. It's the same word either way. But you can download that music at hanathem.com slash music. If you're in Northern California, you can see her next Friday night at Jenner by the Sea at the Jenner Inn. She's going to be doing a concert at the Jenner Inn. And then also next Saturday night, you can see her in San Francisco at The Mighty. The Mighty, of course, is a great club. It's a big place on uh, Utah Avenue in San Francisco. Uh, she's going to be there for a celebration, um, which is a combination of cabaret and dancing and music and costume party, etc. So you might want to go to the um, the Mighty's website and take a look at the celebration that's going on next Saturday night there. And that's, of course, a place where you can see Hana play, but you'll be able to see lots of other things there. They have acrobats, they have burlesque, they have a lot of different things. It's an annual celebration that goes on at the Mighty. Now, if you want to see her video, she's got some very interesting videos. Check our blog, my blog, that's musicfriday.com, or rather musicfriday.com. Dot nationbuilder.com and just click on the blog and I've got a link there to her video. I've also got a link there to some other things too. So that's musicfriday.nationbuilder.com and also there's links there to some of the songs that we weren't able to play. Now we got some email in uh, while we were uh, talking with her, the, some email about our last guest, Hana, and I just wanted to uh, to read you a couple of things that the uh, that our emailers, our listeners have sent us, uh, one in particular, and let me just run it. Here it is. And this is from Misery's Company in Dallas, Texas. Misery's Company in Dallas, Texas, which is kind of an interesting name. Just wants to point out that global slavery is a $32 billion a year industry, and three-fourths of that is girls, sex slaves. So she says she takes her hat off to Han and everybody who works to make that stop. Well, we are approaching the end of the show, and um, I wanted to remind everybody that you have been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan, I'm your host on the Blog Talk Radio Network, on the CyberStation USA Network, and also on our radio affiliates. You can like our Facebook page, you can follow our Twitter feed, and that will give you real-time updates on our guests. Occasionally we do change guests from uh, what we've started off with. You can also uh, vote for your favorite musician on our website, and you can send us emails saying somebody you'd like us to see, have on the radio, and we pay a lot of attention to that. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. You can download this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com and at iTunes. Be here next Friday. Uh, we're going to have some very special guests next Friday. Check our Twitter stream and our Facebook, and we'll uh, tell you who they are, and we'll update you on our guests throughout the week. And good night, everybody. Good afternoon, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Have a great musical weekend. You've been listening to Music Friday Live.